Welcome to Fringe Spirit, not your love and light podcast. On this episode, we are going to get into shapeshifters. And I don't just mean the pleasant version, the fun version, the the version that is I'm in a meditation and I am shape-shifting into a bird or a fish or a butterfly or whatever the case may be. Not that kind. I'm talking about the external kind. Those that are shape-shifting into other beings and causing confusion in who you are connecting with. Okay, so... This is for people who are beginning to channel or do any sort of readings or connect with their spirit guides or someone else's spirit guides or interdimensional beings or elementals or any of these types of things. You're connecting with any sort of being, right? So something that people do not seem to talk about enough is shapeshifters and discernment, because the two things really go hand in hand. If you do not have proper discernment, it is nearly impossible for you to gauge what it is that you're connecting with. And a lot of times we decide to open our crown, open our third eye, and I want to start connecting with my spirit guides. And what happens is when you become open to connecting with anything, You're open to everything, and virtually anything can come through. There is no stopping it. There are things that you can put into place. There are ways to discern, but at the end of the day, until you go through all of these experiences, you're you're going to experience a shapeshifter at some point. And if you've been around the block for a while and you're thinking, I've never experienced a shapeshifter, I can promise you, you have and you've been duped. And that's okay. (laughs) We all get duped and it's part of the process. It's part of the learning process. Okay, so different types of shapeshifters and how they do it, why they do it, what it looks like, how to pick up on it. Different types of interdimensional species. So I'm talking aliens. I'm talking extraterrestrials. I'm talking interdimensional beings. I'm talking a species that does not identify as human. They can be incarnated um, on another planet somewhere. They can be in the etheric realm, you know, even angelics, right? So oftentimes, things of a lower vibration, which are things that most of the time we don't want to interact with, there are many exceptions, such as healing and, and things like that. But Oftentimes, especially when you're new to connecting with these things, you will experience some sort of fuckery. (laughs) And what do I mean by fuckery? What I mean is you think you're connecting with your spirit guide, but you're connecting with something darker. Or you think you're connecting with your cosmic soul family, maybe a Syrian, maybe a Pleiadian. And it, you know, has an appearance, if you're clairvoyant, it has an appearance that matches maybe photos that you've seen or descriptions that you've heard, or they're colorful and bright. So you assume, yeah, this makes sense. 
Or maybe you're more clairaudient and you are hearing them more than you're seeing them. And they're saying, I am your Pleiadian soul family. There are species that are more on the darker end of the spectrum, more on the self-serving end of the spectrum. And oftentimes they are not going to present as themselves. They're going to present as someone else. They're going to make themselves appear as an angelic being. They are going to make themselves appear as your Pleiadian or Syrian soul family. Or, you know, they are going to almost blame, they're going to show you things and almost in a way to blame another species. There are a lot of species out there that interact with humanity, have interacted with humanity, have any sort of stake in what's happening here on planet Earth. And there's a lot of light, there's a lot of dark, there's a lot of in between. And there absolutely are multiple species that are more on the self-serving, darker end, who will try and blame other species for things that are happening. They may show you scenes of something that happened and, you know, essentially throwing another species under the bus. And it's not actually that species. It might actually be them. So there, there are situations like that. Then we have our dark entities. Again, it is a very, very, very common thing. Dark entities are everywhere. Darker, lower vibrational beings that dwell within the planet, the Earth here, are everywhere. And it's impossible to avoid them. And again, this is another thing that they will do. They will present as maybe a loved one who has passed. Maybe your grandma just passed away and you were super, super close with your grandma. And so a dark, a darker entity of some sort that basically just wants to fuck with you. They will present themselves as your grandma because you have such an emotional attachment to grandma that as soon as you see her in your mind's eye or you hear her clairaudiently, or you're using a pendulum or some other tool and you receive grandma. Because you're so emotionally attached and because you're so excited, you don't even think to necessarily question it right away. You just dive in and you start asking questions and you're maybe not picking up on some of the subtle red flags that this is not grandma, right? So these dark entities often will do this, especially at the very beginning of your spiritual journey especially because, and this is, you know, absolutely something that I have done, so I have learned from experience, when you begin and you're using tools. So you're using dowsing rods, you're using tarot cards, oracle cards, pendulums. You're using these external tools to communicate with spirit. Typically, that's how a lot of us start because it's easy, right? They're tools for a reason. However, in my opinion, we're not intended to always use tools, right? We, we want to connect within our heart space in an ideal world. Tools are great. Tools are something you can add to your discernment list, but relying on them without necessarily having discernment or, or questioning it can, can lead to connecting with things that you're not intending to connect with. Uh, especially when it comes to tools, it's really hard to discern because they're manipulating an external object, something like a pendulum, 
versus manipulating your own body or your own senses. It is much easier to pick up on an energy and figure out what it is when you're feeling it in your body versus it's only affecting the pendulum. So that happens very often. Another thing that they do is they will present illusions lower vibrational things, things that are self-serving that have their own agenda, whatever that agenda may be, they can present illusions to you. So what do I mean? So an, an example of where I find this often is when I'm doing healing work on a client and I am going into their chakras. So I go, you know, I take a look at a chakra, I look inside, I see what's there. And there are, have been times where I look at the chakra, it's moving, it's bright, it's beautiful. I look inside, I don't see anything that raises a red flag. I don't see cloudy energy, I don't see dark energy, I don't see anything gross. It looks totally fine, totally beautiful. However, as soon as I look in, it feels really heavy. I get kind of nauseous and get kind of a pit in my stomach, or maybe I start to feel some anxiety. I feel physical discomfort. I may feel lower emotions. Maybe I feel sadness. Maybe I feel grief. Maybe I feel anger, you know, guilt. I, I might feel one of those lower emotions. I feel physically like crap <laughs> in some way, but everything looks fine. So it kind of doesn't make sense. So if I did not use my discernment and I said, okay, I'm only relying on sight, my third eye, then I would say that chakra is fine. I don't have to do anything. However, if I'm you know, using good discernment and I'm asking, how is my body feeling? What emotions am I feeling? What am I seeing? Am I hearing anything, right? If I'm going through and kind of checking all of, you know, my senses, or maybe what your your best sense is like your gut feeling, that inner knowing, and you're just like, something's wrong. I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know what. I can just feel and sense that something feels wrong. So if you pick up on something Two and two isn't equaling four, right? Something is not making sense. And you start to, you know, ask deeper questions or maybe look from a different angle or whatever the case may be. I have found, you know, if I look at it hard enough, if I begin to question it, as soon as I begin to question in my own mind, it's almost like the facade, the illusion that's being presented begins to fall away. That or it just can only maintain for a certain amount of time. And so because I'm very visual, so the illusions for me, the bullshit tends to come in visual form. I will almost see as if like the vision, the the visual begins to glitch um, like a TV that is glitching or, you know, buffering or pause, stop, pause, stop. Or, you know, you have a brief half of a second where it changes to something else and then it comes back. And it's it, it's almost as if you are being projected some hologram in front of what's actually there. And once you can see past it or see around it or completely dismantle this hologram or illusion, 
you see what's actually there. And then what you see matches all of your other feelings. It looks gross. It looks heavy. You see all of the energy that needs to be pulled out and removed from the chakra. So you have to be open to questioning everything. You cannot be married to your beliefs and your ideas and everything that you think you know, because that's where we fall into the trap is, you know, we, we learn something and we think, okay, if something looks like this, it means it looks, it's good and hunky dory. Then we don't question things. If you ever find yourself to the point where you think you know enough that you don't have to question anything ever, you're going to fall into these traps. So we have to question things, especially when things feel off and especially at the beginning. And there is absolutely a fine line balance between trusting yourself while also questioning in a healthy way. You need to have the balance between the two. If you completely trust everything, but you don't have the discernment, you're going to fall into these traps. Whereas if you never trust yourself at all, you're going to have a hard time connecting with the spirit in the first place. So we want to really have that perfect balance between trusting ourselves, but questioning and being okay if we're wrong. If if I was not okay with being wrong, there's I would not be anywhere that I am now <laughs> as far as uh, spiritually, you know, advanced or growth or, you know, I would be back at square one. I would just be going around in circles, right? So illusions. Another thing that they can do, and it's similar to the illusion idea, is cloaking. So maybe you astral travel or things like that. You find yourself going on these meditative journeys. That's maybe a better word for it or term. You you go on meditative journeys. You do these guided meditations where you're brought to your home planet or the center of the earth or you're 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 journeying in some way shape or form and you find yourself somewhere and of course it's foreign and this is your etheric body your etheric self and you know maybe you find yourself in a room and again this goes back to using all of your senses the room looks empty right you're looking around you don't see anything but you can feel the presence. And this, you know, we all know what it feels like when we're not alone in a room. We all know <laughs> when, you know, someone's watching us, right? We may not be able to pick up on what it is because it, you know, gets lumped into this paranormal category and ghosts and blah, blah, blah. And we don't always know or see the ghost or whatever it is that's there, but we know something's watching us. You, you, you might end up with that feeling, but you don't see anything. And then it dawns on you, okay, something's not adding up. When things are not adding up is when you need to question it. When what you're feeling and what you're seeing or hearing do not align and give you kind of the same end answer, you should question it. So in that moment, my, you know, my thought to myself is, what am I feeling or is my vision, is something affecting what I'm seeing? And so the more I look around and the more I almost kind of adjust my vision, they they become uncloaked. You can see through this cloaking that they put on themselves. Cloaking is essentially invisibility. 
most beings can do this. We can do this. When you go and you go on these journeys or anything like that, you can cloak yourself so that things cannot see you. I mean, it literally makes you invisible to them. So these are all these things that, you know, whether they're shape-shifting or presenting you with these illusions or holograms or cloaking themselves, it's various ways of fuckery. <laughs> and we need to learn how to pick up on these things. Because what ends up happening if you're not picking up on these things is you think that you've been talking to a spirit guide for a year. And this, you know, you're listening to everything the spirit guide tells you, but the spirit guide is actually an entity. And the entity acting as your spirit guide is telling you to go buy this $20,000 course or quit your job, or, you know, get into this terrible relationship, right? It's just giving you bad advice, and you're listening, and your life is starting to crumble. So we, again, we really need to pick up on these things. So a big part of this is discernment. And I will absolutely do a whole other episode on discernment alone. But what is discernment, first of all? Just as a broad thing, because I remember when I, you know, entered this world, everyone talked about discernment, the word, but nobody ever talked about what discernment was or how to develop it. So I heard it, knew I needed to have it, but didn't know what it was, didn't know how to develop it, use it, create it, anything. So discernment in, in my sort of definition or perception is it's utilizing things that we're perceiving through our senses, right? Through my eyes, through my third eye, through my ears, through my clear audience, through my sense of smell, through my sense of taste, both metaphysically and physically, through my sense of touch, through my emotions and feelings and physical sensations and knowings, right? Every moment of every day, we are perceiving the world around us. We're perceiving the physical world and we've become really good at it because we've been doing it since birth, right? We've learned that when I see this item in front of me, I'm holding a pen, I've learned that it's a pen because over time I have seen people use it and they have they write with it. I've learned that this is the color blue through my perception and my learning and my experiences. And it's almost like we're doing we're we're learning all of the same things that we've learned using our physical senses but with our metaphysical senses, with the metaphysical world, with the etheric world, with these other dimensions that we are connecting within. So it utilizes our ability to perceive with our past experiences, what we've learned, and presenting what does this mean to me? What does this mean? By using all of this stuff and almost analyzing it in a way, it, more in an objective way, right? And that is how we are developing our discernment. So part of developing discernment also involves releasing the ego. The ego is such a big block to our discernment. So our ego is essentially our human. So if our higher self is the culmination of all of our other lifetimes and incarnations, and our, our ego is more so our human, right? In a, in a quick 
easy to to digest away. Our ego is designed to keep us safe. To our ego, to our ego is a lot of our programming as well. So to our ego, to our programming, safety means we don't change, we don't want to learn new things. We want to we want to live in our own little bubble that feels safe and familiar. We don't really want to question things. We don't really need to grow. You know, our ego just wants us to survive, to be alive, to be fed, to be clothed, to make it through the day, right? So, if we're operating too much in a place of ego, it's going to be very difficult to to develop the discernment because our ego is very limited. Our ego is very closed-minded. Our ego is based in bias. So again, so we need to let go of some of our biases in order to develop good discernment. So for example, if as a child you were attacked by a dog, then of you know, naturally it's going to create a fear of dogs. Where, you know, every time you see a dog, you have a reaction, your chest gets tight and maybe you tense up and fear takes over. Uh, You don't like dogs. You have created an association with dogs that dogs are bad because one dog hurt you in the past. Very natural, very human thing to do. That is your, your ego has created that for you to keep you safe from getting attacked by a dog in the future. However, if you are constantly in a state of fear around a dog. You know, you could the most beautiful, loving dog that could change your life could come into your life and you wouldn't even entertain it because you already have this subjective opinion of dogs. So any our subjective opinions of things kind of have to go out the door a little bit. And for example, so now to kind of translate that into the metaphysical world. As you start to dabble and start to have experiences, you will find often if you are connecting with something of a lobe vibration, it tends to, if you're visual, be dark in color. It might be black. It might be dark gray. It might be like a dark swampy green. Oftentimes, and I'm saying often specifically and not always, oftentimes, it ends up being something low vibrational. You've learned this over time. However, what you've also learned over time is when you're interacting with something of a low vibration, maybe you get a a pit in your stomach and right in your gut. You start to feel nauseous. You feel heaviness. Maybe you feel tightness in your chest. Maybe you notice your posture where instead of kind of chest out, shoulders back, open chest, it's the opposite where your back is rounded and almost like you're protecting your heart space. Clenched knuckles you find when there's low vibrational energies around. Maybe you get a headache. Maybe you're irritable. For me, one of my telltale signs is complete and utter irritability out of nowhere. And it's not just me, it's everyone in my household. It's that ability to go from a 1 to a 10 and the flip of a switch where, you know, you're just, you're totally fine one minute and then one thing goes wrong and you lose your shit, you're yelling at your kids, you're spiraling mentally all over one teeny tiny thing going wrong that should absolutely never ruin somebody's day. My kids act the same way. The dog, right? My dog acts very weird and very anxious when there's low vibrational energies around. So 
I have all of these things based on my past experiences, like we said, that have developed a level of discernment of low vibrational energy. I have the physical sensations. I have the emotions, right? I get irritable. I get angry. Physically, I get headaches. I get nauseous. Uh, my Everything feels heavy. The air feels really heavy. Everyone around me is acting crazy. <laughs> and... I I find that I can mentally spiral very easily and very, very quickly. So that in combination with the visual that I often see, something darker, that typically 99% of the time, if all of these things are in place, I know that it's a low vibrational energy. However, good discernment is I see something that looks dark or black, but... I don't find that I'm closing off my heart space. I find I feel light. I find I don't have that pit in my stomach. Emotionally, I feel pretty zen. Kids are acting fine. Dogs acting fine. All these things. If I were to only jump to the conclusion that it's something of a low vibration, then based on just the visual that it's dark, chances are I'd be wrong. And that prevents me from learning what this thing is because now I've just cut it off and I'm not learning this lesson that not everything that looks dark is dark. So our experiences play, a our experiences mixed with our curiosity, our desire to learn, and our ability to admit and acknowledge that we might be wrong is all extremely vital to developing good discernment. So quick little um, hacks, I guess you'd say, to determining is what I'm connecting with light or dark. One, simple, ask it. If you're not sure or you're new, ask it. Are you a being of light? Ask it three times. Why three? I don't know. I've just noticed it works. There have been absolutely times where something presents to me. A lot of times, things go straight to angelic, right? So if I see something that looks angelic, which, you know, is just bright beaming white light often in like a silhouette of kind of a human-esque type of, of being... And angelic will often feel loving, feel light, will feel amazing. And if I see that visual and right off the bat, I don't feel the love. And I, you know, not necessarily that I feel pit in my stomach or feel irritable right away, but it doesn't, doesn't necessarily match right away. I will question it. And maybe it absolutely isn't angelic or some other being of light, but maybe not. So it never hurts to question. And you're not, it's not you questioning yourself or not trusting yourself, right? Don't confuse curiosity and the desire to question with trusting of yourself, right? How do you trust yourself? You trust yourself by developing good discernment. And that way you know that you can trust yourself. If you don't have things in place, checkboxes and and uh, things that mean this and based on your experiences, you can't have the discernment and how it does make it very difficult to trust yourself. So do not confuse questioning with trusting yourself. 
So in this example, I see this being, it looks pretty angelic, but maybe doesn't, it's not radiating love. I'll ask, are you a being of light? Are you a being of light? Are you a being of light? Right? For whatever reason, three times really helps. And oftentimes, if it is not light, by that third time, it just leaves. It's gone. So that's a that's hack number one. Hack number two, very similar. Same, same idea. Ask to see its true form. If I'm seeing something and it doesn't match what I'm feeling or what my gut is telling me, I want to like to see your true form. Again, ask three times. And by the third time, if it is not what it is presenting to be, it will often either leave, just be gone, or it will change its form and it will maybe look like something kind of dark or gnarly or creepy or weird or not what it was, right? Okay, use all of your senses. Number three, make sure you are using all of your senses. So like all of these examples of discernment, don't just use your eyes or your third eye, right? Don't just use your clairvoyance, right? Start honing your other clairs. Maybe you're very dominant in one and that's fine and that's great, but you have to start developing the others. You have to use all of your energy centers, all of your chakras, right? How does it feel in your heart space, right? If you are connecting with something and you go through each of your chakras and ask yourself, how does this make me feel in my root chakra? How does this make me feel in my sacral chakra? How does this make me feel in my solar plexus, right? And you go through all of them, it will answer a lot of questions for you. You might feel discomfort there. You might get a flash of a visual. You might hear some frequencies that are maybe really high or really low. You have to use all of your senses, your sense of touch, your sense of taste, your sense of smell, your hearing, your seeing, your gut feeling, your emotions, your physical body. You have to use as many of those as you can in order to develop good discernment. So number three, use all of your senses. Number four, what information is being shared with you? Question that. If you are connecting with a spirit guide or you think you're connecting with a spirit guide and they are just telling you what to do. They're feeling very bossy. And you have not developed a relationship with this spirit guide where you know and you've told them, I want you to boss me around and tell me what to do. Your spirit guides are there to help you and guide you to stay aligned with what you've contracted for yourself. They're not here to bully you. They're not here to tell you what to do, what's right or wrong. If you ask them, they may but they're not going to necessarily, typically, again, nothing's black and white, they're typically not going to tell you right and wrong and you must do X, Y, Z. They're not going to just give you unsolicited advice, typically. So like, are they just constantly telling you what to do? Again, are they saying the only way to fulfill your purpose and to find happiness is to spend $20,000 on this program, right? Does that feel in alignment? Does that resonate? Does that feel good? Are they promoting fear? If they are sh only sharing stuff with you that puts you in a place of fear, they're probably not, you might want to question things. They may not be who they say they are. If they're only showing you maybe like what, what seem like prophetic visions of 
you know, apocalyptic type events, right? Could it be real? Could it be part of your purpose? Could there be a reason for it? Sure. Could also be that they're promoting fear. Why? Because low vibrational beings feed on fear. If anything is trying to put you in a place of fear, you should question that because your higher self, your spirit guides, your soul family, you know, these loving beings, Jesus, ascended masters, angels, they don't want you to be in a place of fear. They are never going to promote fear. Number three, um, with, you know, what, what's being told to you is, does it resonate? What, what they're sharing with you, the information that they're giving you, does it resonate? Or does it just not, doesn't click, right? And so what does it mean for something to resonate? Again, that's something you build over time. It could just be that gut feeling of, I know that this is right. This feels right. It can be an emotion that rushes over you that's just like loving and accepting and you're like, this feels right. Um, it could be a physical sensation. It could be, you know, those chills that most people get, that warm chill. Someone says something and you're like, ooh, chills, right? That's often a sign of something resonating. So does it resonate what they're telling you? And then is it coming from a place of love? The, th- the information being given to you there should be some sort of reason behind it, right? And and it should be coming from a place of love. It should not be coming, you know, again, promoting fear. If you really connect with your heart space, that will help to guide you with, is this aligned, right? If you let the energy from them into your heart space, if it is, if what they're giving you energetically is from a place of love, your heart space will be open to accepting it. If it's not, then again, you might want to question it because if your lo- you know, your heart space is love and they're coming from love, those energies will merge and it will feel wonderful and beautiful. If they're fr- if it's from a low vibration and it comes to try and meet your high vibration, it, they they don't mix, they don't mesh and they will not connect. So is it if it's coming from a place of love? So when you go into connecting with any sort of being, some tips to keep in mind. Number one, intention, right? What is the intention of connecting with, you know, whatever, whoever? You know, my intentions are I am, you know, I am open to connecting with my spirit guide and only my spirit guide. I'm, I'm, my intentions are of connecting with something of a high vibration, things like that. State out loud in your mind, write it down, whatever your intentions going into this space. You get to choose what's happening. You have the power here. Do not let anything or anyone think that you are not in control and you don't have the power of what's happening in your energetic space and in your energetic body and and aura and all of that. So have a clear, clear intention. Clear your space. Number two, clear your home, clear your space. Be very aware of the space that you're in. And if there are low vibrational energies or beings, things like entities floating around, hanging out in your space, you know, obviously it's going to make it a lot easier for them to interfere with what's happening. So clear your space. You have to keep your space clear, whatever space you're using, you know, and whether or not you're using your home or not, your home, you should be keeping it clear either way. But clear your space. Number three, 
you want to be coming from a high vibration. This is law of attraction 101. Like vibration attracts like vibration. So if you are having a shitty day, if you're in a bad mood, if everything is going wrong and you're just in a piss poor mood, you're in pity party mode, you're self-loathing, you're pissed off, you're angry, your vibration has taken a dip, which is fine. We all have bad days. But that is not the time to go connect with other things. If you are coming from a low place and you are going to connect with a spirit guide, especially when you're like, I just need this guidance right now. You're so attached to needing an answer or needing a connection or needing something to make you feel good. It doesn't matter what comes through. You're just going to be so grateful for whatever it is because you're so attached to receiving an answer. However, because you're coming from a low vibration, you're more likely to attract something of a low vibration. Number four. If you're a ritual person, use ritual. What does that mean? Uh, it means whatever it means to you, right? It could be lighting some candles. It could be using some sage or Palo Santo or incense. It could be using crystals or setting up a crystal grid or a crystal grid around you and sitting, you know, in a space. It could be using things like salt, you know, if you're drawn to things more in, you know, the witchcraft type realm, right? You maybe, if you have some sort of ritual that calls to you, use it, right? Because that is you, number one, the intention that's anchoring that intention into your physical world and your physical realm, and it's enhancing it, right? It's it's making that intention bigger and more potent and more powerful. So if you feel called to any sort of ritual, maybe it's just using an oil. This oil is my protective oil. This oil opens my third eye. This oil keeps me safe. This oil allows for good discernment. This oil makes me have a high vibration. Whatever the fuck, whatever whatever it means to you and does for you, go with it. Uh, number five, call in backup. <laughs> so underutilized, we have a team. We have angels. We have all of these things and all of these beings that can help us, right? So if you, you know, maybe you have a dragon, use your dragon. Maybe you feel called to the the angelic realm. Call in some angels. Call in your spirit guides. Your spirit guides are there to help you. So call in your spirit guide. Say whatever spirit guide is here, you know, will can help to keep me safe, right? Call them in and say, listen, your job right now is to have my back. You let me know. You cut things off. You give me some sort of a sign if things are going haywire or, you know, you keep things out of my space, right? Task your spirit guides, your spirit animals, your elemental friends, whatever. Task them with helping you, right? Number six, move away from tools. So, This one's a tough one because people feel really drawn to tools at the beginning, which is the height of fuckery. (laughs) And because we're not confident in our abilities yet, maybe we haven't honed our abilities yet, or we don't believe that we have abilities yet, which we all do. Or maybe you just feel like you want to dabble. And to you, it sounds easy to dabble with a pendulum or with cards, right? The problem with dabbling with these external tools, like I had said, is It's harder to use all of your senses. You can't necessarily like ask, how is this affecting my physical body? Because it's not manipulating your physical body. It's manipulating this tool. Maybe you, you know, over time, you may be able to pick up on that, but not always, especially at the beginning. It is harder to use all of your senses to discern if you're using a third party tool. 
So do not find yourself having an attachment to your pendulum or to your cards. And, And if they're not, there's nothing wrong with using them. Don't be attached. Again, follow all these steps and make sure you clear the energy from them. And if they're acting weird, again, use your discernment. So as an example, I was using a pendulum for a while at the beginning of my journey. And I I was getting fucked with. (laughs) I absolutely was talking to things that were not what they claimed to be. And I started to pick up on the signs. So again, use all of your senses, even with your tools, as much as you can. Because what I would notice is I would connect with something like a spirit guide. And I would get really used to how the pendulum reacted and responded to this particular spirit guide. How it moved, how fast it moved, all of that. It was very typical. And then I would almost, it's almost like the pendulum would get hijacked and it would start to act differently. It would be more erratic. It'd be faster. It'd be bigger or whatever. It would just be different. But what I started to notice is the moment that something else came onto the pendulum and it was, you know, quote unquote hijacked, it would kind of do like a little bounce. Like, you know, you've got your pendulum at the bottom and the the chain or string or whatever it is attached, and then you're holding onto it up here. The the chain or the string, that's whatever's attaching to, you know, the stone at the bottom, it would start to almost vibrate. And that was my telltale sign. Okay, something else just hopped on here. So use your discernment even more with tools, but don't rely on tools and know that tools are a stepping stone to using your abilities more within yourself and within your body, using your clairs and things like that. Um, And then last but not least, accept the lesson and the experience for what it is. You're not going to develop amazing discernment without getting fucked with. (laughs) It's part of the experience. You learn by falling on your face. You learn by doing things wrong. You learn by, you know, listening to things that are not the right things, right? And this goes back to the ego has to get has to step aside. If you're going to be doing anything in the spiritual realm, you have to set the ego to the side because things are going to change your beliefs, what what you believe to be true is going to change and evolve over time. It's just the nature of the beast. And, you know, if, you know, if if I was so attached to this being that I'm connecting with, with my pendulum as being my spirit guide, and I ignored all the red flags, I ignored all the red flags, the inconsistencies, I'd get inconsistent answers. You know, if I ignored all those things because I didn't want to be wrong, because I was so attached to being right that this was my spirit guide and whether it was an embarrassment or, you know, just ego, like whatever it is, I was too afraid of being wrong. I would probably still be having conversations with my pendulum with dark entities. (laughs) So you have to be okay with being wrong and you have to know and accept that This experience is teaching you a lesson. So if you have a really shitty experience with something of a low vibration, do not let it deter you. It happens to all of us. And if you recognize it, I guarantee you, your leaps and bounds beyond a lot of other people that won't even acknowledge the existence of some of these darker things. So it's part of the process. 
It is absolutely part of the process. So don't get discouraged. Don't get deterred. Say, awesome. This experience is helping me learn and grow. And I'm one step closer to having badass discernment and, you know, kicking ass and all the things, right? So be aware, use proper discernment, trust yourself, but also use discernment and question everything and, you know, be open to all possibilities and to learning and growing and changing your beliefs and you will be better for it. All right. Closing it out. And I hope you all have a lovely day and talk to you next time. Bye-bye.